This is a podcast by The Straits Times. It's double feature movie podcast time, coming to you from the Singapore Press Holdings Ice Cave. Because it's Frozen 2 this week, it's also Knives Out, so I can drop the effect for that one. Anyway, uh, before we get fully started, just a reminder to get stepping on the gas. Gas being Google, Apple, and Spotify. If you're listening on any of those, do like, rate, review, and subscribe on there as well. I'm Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined by Joanne So. Hello. Hello. Marvellous. Other stuff, uh, my beloved Charlie's Angels flopped horribly, <laughs> and I'm hugely disappointed. If you're listening out there, go see it. It is fun. It's huge fun. Uh, it's got a good audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's generally, the critics are there. Why has this not worked? So many reasons, I guess. Many you could reasons. say there's not enough star power in it. You could say it doesn't have a Cameron Diaz Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, triumvirate to bring people in. No, I think basically the stars are not big enough. You're not; they're not your A-listers. Yeah, except Christian Stewart, but Christian Stewart. She's a mm. oh, well A-list adjacent. <laughs> but yeah, it could be that, or you know, people are pointing. Oh, is it reboot fatigue? Who knows? Anyway, ignore the bad results. Go out and see it. It's still one of the most fun things. Otherwise, films for today. I kind of miss Midway. I kind of miss being able to watch a bad film because we've just got two really good films today. Uh, first up is Frozen 2. Yay! Uh, Yay. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I was not looking forward to go see this. I've not seen. I've still not seen Frozen. I know. I know what the thing about Let It Go and Do You Want to Build a Snowman and you know millions of parents are. I kind of know the characters. I didn't know who played who. I knew there's a there's a snowman. The unmeltable snowman. As I realised <laughs> when I saw this one, <laughs> I was like, oh, I kind of figured he died at the end of the last one. I thought it'd be one of those things. I'm completely oblivious to what the plot of what happened in the first. I, it's two sisters, I get. <laughs> what their relationship is, I don't know. I still don't know anything about the first one, so please don't spoil it for me. So I went into this with some trepidation, you know, big manly man <laughs> like I am. I never liked Dis- Disney films as a kid. Because they had songs in them. And the songs were always kind of like... That's the whole Disney brand. That's a trademark. It's Disney Princess. They need to sing. (laughs) Uh, So a bit of trepidation going into this. Okay. Begrudgingly. Not even begrudgingly. I like this. (laughs) Yeah. Embracing your inner princess. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's all coming out now. I can be mean. Angels, Frozen. Oh, my (laughs) word. It's a sign. But yeah, I love that. I mean, okay. Okay. Technical stuff aside, the story's good. So everyone's together now. Elsa and Anna and... Sven. Let me... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Sven and Olaf. I remember Olaf. But they're all together. So at the start, you're wondering, where can this go? But this actually harks on to the past a bit more. So there's an enchanted forest that has been closed off by mist, and they find out why. And there's, you know, this uh, the old tribal people from before, and Anna and Elsa's people kind of had some kind of conflict there. Mm. And then the enchanted forest closed everyone off, and it's like. If you've seen the fifth element, you kind of know, you you think there's something going on because this forest has like the four elements. So earth, water, wind, you know, 
whatever the fourth one, what was fire? <laughs> and a fifth one. Ooh, what could it be? Uh, so yeah, the, you kind of know where it's going to go. Elsa goes off, and she's she's Elsa's feeling kind of wanderlust. Also, she's hearing this siren call from far away. So, uh, so she's looking to find herself more because obviously she's got special powers. Where do these mm-hmm. come from? Mm-hmm. Still not explained. So it's more about going out, being yourself. It, it's that next stage of child development. <laughs> child. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you've got your, you know, your family unit yep. from the first film. Now it's going out and finding yourself. And the bravery, and I mean, the big song from it is called "Into the Unknown," and okay, this is—it's <laughs> a really—it got in my ear. It's a complete earwig. I—I've been listening to the two versions out on Spotify, and yeah, I mean, you're gonna enjoy this either way. Okay. It's, it's very song heavy. Yeah, I was the, told that's a start. very good Olaf song. There's a very good Kristoff song. Uh, it's okay. The song itself isn't particularly great. It's what they do with it. Uh, which is basically create a kind of 80s, early 90s boy band video <laughs> of him pining away with reindeer in the background giving these kind of looks of, what is going on here? <laughs> and he's like holding acorns as though they're big microphones and he's tapping his chest, you know, in that kind of like boys to men style, <laughs> backstreet boys, you know, the, the billowy shirt, absolutely hilarious. Uh, and... Olaf is a really good psychic as well. I'm not usually a fan of the kind of wisecracking psychic because quite often in those in animation films, there's always where they punch up the script and they kind of have jokes that happen off screen. Say, oh, just just get him to say, well, that happened. This is pretty good. They're clearly more written in. Just got is a a good foil to when it gets a bit too mawkish, especially when Olaf starts. depicting everything that's happened so far. So, you know, like in Ant-Man, where... Oh, okay. oh I, get, I, get, I get you. And Ant-Man too, when Michael Pena does his recollections of <laughs> yeah. this is how everything happened, isn't it? Uh, Olaf acts out, all of Frozen. So <laughs> that was kind of like a good recap for these kind of things. Uh, yeah, I'd go see it. If you're a parent, you may as well get used to it now, because <laughs> if you're a parent of a certain age of child, I'm sure it's going to be watched a lot. Although you may have to wait until the Disney Plus thing comes over before that to happen. I think it's let's clarify it's parents with goals. Yeah. Because my son doesn't want to watch it after the first one. Oh, no, I suppose you've had a free pass from that. (laughs) But yeah, it's amazing that it's six years since the first one. On the acting front, being a frozen newbie, not quite remembering who played who, but as soon as I saw Anna moving, that was Kristen Bell. And I think how they've managed to capture her movements and just little flickers of the hand or just scrunching of the face. That's amazing. Because I watched The Good Place a lot, which is Kristen Bell's in, so I'm familiar with her <laughs> uh, particular movements. But, yeah, it's just, wow. You really capture it without it being mocap. You know, it's just amazing that they can do that. Yeah, I, I, technology has really come a long way for animation, and it, I think it really, really works well for, mm. yeah, for such films. It could be my age that when I see animation, that's good. Mm. Or sometimes you see animation and you just think, this is, someone's had to create all Mm -hmm. this. And it's just mind-blowing because the fragments of snow, something falls in a little patch of snow and it falls in. 
every little particle. Yeah, I, I think that's why. That's why I I always appreciate about um animation. It's like um, okay, I've not watched Frozen two because, like you, I'm not sure if I really want to go into Frozen two, but maybe you've convinced me. But we'll see. No, but animation is. It's, I always love animation and the reason why I love it besides the story is how they actually create things. It's like one um, earlier film, Weathering With You, I was so impressed by the rain, how they do the mm. rain and everything else is like, it's so real. Also, in storyline, it's quite bold mm. because it's not all clean cut. So it's quite bold that they would have, without spoilers, that they ha- would have a, a slightly darker element in in terms of uh, what happened in the past. Stay for the end credits as well. The end credits are quite amazing because they have the same amount of huge amount of people, but they've bolded what the jobs are. So the jobs are like really big and it just highlights... The effort they've put in? Well, just how many people are involved. So you've got baristas and coffee makers. (laughs) uh, Absolutely everyone putting forward this family aspect. Mm. And at the the very last slate of names... Are production babies oh. so over six years <laughs> this is who's been born and uh, there is a very very end credits thing that's quite fun frozen 2 worth the time which will take us to the next film that thankfully we've both seen so we can have more <laughs> of a discussion knives out yes ryan out. johnson after his uh turbulent time <laughs> after the last, the last jedi this is not sci-fi this is back to ryan johnson's home ground of noirish twisting to say who's in it pretty much everyone <laughs> <laughs> a quick listing of daniel craig chris evans anna de Armas, jamie lee curtis michael shannon don johnson tony collette lakeith stanfield christopher Plummer, catherine langford jordan mattel ricky lindholm eric Vin- and frank oz miss piggy yoda Frank Oz. He's a lawyer. That's oh, Frank Oz. And he's much yeah. taller than I thought he'd be. Yeah. But then again, I suppose you've got to be tall to reach the Muppets. Yeah, so this is essentially the tale of a world-renowned author of murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. Harlan Thromby is discovered dead. <laughs> Throat slashed. What happened? It was during his birthday. So all the family's there. Everyone is a suspect. Enter the police and Daniel Craig with a not-great accent as Benoit Blanc, world-renowned detective. This is possibly one of the movies of the year. Yeah, totally. Totally agree it. It's a very old-school film where you get a big cast together. It's immaculately made. Mm, it's agree. hugely enjoyable, and it plays to all audiences. Yeah, everyone's fantastic. Everyone. Christopher Plummer, he's marvellous, as Harlan Thromby. He comes in and then he's, he's just, you know, he's, he's very stately and everything is like very systematic, but yet he's so captivating. It's amazing. You know, you don't really get a lot of Onzom films done very well. Mm. I think the last one, I mean, I could actually remember this huge Onzom cast, obviously it's Avengers, but that's, it sure. goes by itself because, I mean, you're really invested in the whole yeah. series. But this one is amazing. You know, it's like playing Cluedo and everyone has a part to play. It's amazing how like, you know, they have that little moments, but yet it all comes out together and it really makes you think, are they, are they, are they, you know, are they innocent or, you know, something. It just makes you think throughout the whole entire film. And just when you thought, oh yes, but then, hey. Yeah. (laughs) For some, I mean, I don't know if it's occupational hazard or whether I'm just a very clever boy, but usually with a murder mystery or anything that you're expecting some kind of twist in the tale I'm there way before the film gets there mm. I have never been so lost wonderfully lost it could go this way 
And even when you think it's going one way, you know full well it could go another way and still work. And uh, I mean, it has to be said that for a cast where barely anyone is likable, I mean, Christopher Plummer is likable. He comes into this with such ease and such assurement. I don't even know if assurement is a word. (laughs) But (laughs) he's so assured. It's, I mean, it's like the film itself. Uh, For uh, someone who likes films, this film is a big, warm hug. Yeah, I think I think it's you know it's like the big cast is everyone seems to be enjoying whatever they're doing. So I think they, they seem to have a good time. Oh well, they so, all get so much to do. I mean, yeah, and I think that's how it, it makes this film even more entertaining. It, it actually grabs you in. It somehow brings you in, draws you in, and you actually want to pay attention to what they're saying because it's like are they dropping some hints there? Well, it's a full of unreliable narrators because <laughs> each one. I mean, so yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is married to Don Johnson. And their son is Chris Evans, Captain America. And they're all horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Michael Shannon is married to Ricky Lindholm. And they've got some right-wing, proud boys, neo-fascist spouting son on his iPhone. They're all horrible. (laughs) And then you've got (laughs) perhaps the most entertaining one of all, Tony Collette in a role that I'm pretty sure Gwyneth Paltrow is going to (laughs) hate. As some sham new age guru selling her stuff and full of such passive aggressive platitudes of, oh, thank you, I forgive you. Oh, she is horrible. She's a little core of good people. So Anna de Armas as Harlan Thromby's nurse, quite notable for the tone of the time. She's an immigrant. None of the family can remember the country yeah, which she's really from. Can't. They keep on, oh, she's from Brazil. She's from Paraguay. She's from Uruguay. She, <laughs> oh. Everyone says it with such conviction and they have no idea because they don't care about her. And then, of course, you have Daniel Craig having fun. Yes. With, uh, I mean, the accent doesn't work. Clearly, yeah, he thought... So that's oh, that's the, the off-putting part of it. It's like every different scene, he comes with a different accent. It's, it's, like, it's meant to be a southern kind of detective yeah, so like the old southern lawyer well I may be an old southern lawyer yeah we're, we're, it's very hard to describe without <laughs> going into anything and we're not going to go into anything because it's currently on sneaks it'll be out on the 27th of November one of the films of the year wonderful performances from absolutely everyone yeah. it's a bit weird to see an autumnal film cusp of autumn hitting yeah, winter yeah. lots of great jumper action though yeah. great knitwear all the way through <laughs> But yeah, th- this is just a masterclass in how to craft of it. And it's just, it's, it's a one writer, one director, same guy, Ryan Johnson. That's the best. It's such a clever film. It's like, even after you watch it and then you think back about it, it's like, so I think it's a show that actually has, you know, it makes you think after stepping out of the cinema. Hopefully it's not a further example of the curse of the double feature movie podcast. Charlie's Angels, Terminator Dark Fate. <laughs> <laughs> They're good films. Why did you not go watch them, people? And that's where we'll leave it. Just to say, yeah, do try and catch Charlie's Angels. It deserves some love. <laughs> I don't know why, why I'm shilling for this film so much, but non-committal fun. What more could you want from a film? Anyway, thank you for joining me, Joanne. You're welcome. And thank you for, to you at home for listening. And until another double feature next time, goodbye. That was an SBS podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sbh.com.at. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightscience.com and bt.st.